Amen. Amen. So it's celebration day. Amen. Amen. We got a nice cake out there. Bishop Russell took a picture of it. He'll probably put it on Facebook and say something like, look at my lunch. <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, LaGrecia Brown Pfizer puts those, uh, Pfizer Brown or uh, uh, Pfizer Brown, uh, does those cakes for us. And I'm always hitting her on Facebook Tell her, I'm, I'm, instead of signing my name now, I put a knife and fork right there. She knows who it is. And so I used to call her the naughty cake lady because she always put pictures and never gave us nothing. I said, what's up with that? But uh, anyway, she's real, real sweet and extremely creative. And uh, she does such nice work. And so we thank God for her. We send her family a blessing in the name of Jesus. Praise God. So we're going to celebrate today. We're going to talk about our our uh, watch and our mandate to uh, this ministry and our prayer manual especially. Um, we're going to sell the prayer manual today uh, discounted. You know, it's been $20. We had to charge that price because of the avenues that we had to choose to sell it. Today, you can get the n- new expanded one. Da, da, da. $15 today. So I'll tell you what, I was expecting, I'm going to give everybody one anyway. Uh, you pay for it today, you go on the book with Chuck or whatever you do. But I'd like for everybody to have one. So if you all agree, I'll have Chuck pass them out to you and we'll go through them. As, amen. So let's get them passed out to everybody. I didn't want to uh, push them on you, but I thought I really needed to make sure we, we prospered off of this. So and I, I know you don't mind buying them. You always bought them in the past. So praise God, we'll go through the new one. But we went to, if you notice in the front in the where it says, talks uh, lists a publisher we're with winter king publishers for the first time we've always done our own publishing used to say uh, lighthouse um, publishing that's us but we decided to go with winter king because they can get us into the bookstores like barnes and noble uh, they'll get us into uh, hopefully sam's club walmart places like that 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 are big truck uh, bookstores and we've been online at Amazon. We'll continue to be on Amazon. You can get download a Kindle version uh, if you want to keep it on a tablet. Uh, many times, you know, if you have to pray on the road or something, it's good. You don't have to pack your prayer manual anymore. You can get it downloaded on your tablet and uh, do a lot of creative things uh, to keep your watch of prayer so that you don't give up on your prayer watch. Um, the, I'll start with a history of our ministry. We began <clears throat> in the mid-1980s. I say mid because I'm not, we don't have a specific, specific date uh, that we started. I started with house meetings. Uh, I started teaching and, and uh, doing this prayer watch uh, from my own home and then later uh, the home of a friend. Uh, we later moved into a church and then we've been in our own uh, ministry ever since. And this began with a vision from from God. I wanted to serve God because God had healed me of a severe uh, mental depression. And so as I was healed, I got the understanding that I needed to do something uh, in return to God. I got an impression I wasn't saved just for nothing, but I was saved for a purpose. And so I began to seek that purpose in prayer and, and seek God for Uh, for what he wanted me to do with my life to me that's so normal to do for an individual you know and I know we teach a lot on purpose and you know people have made 
ministries off of purpose. But I believe deep within it, the heart of every believer, once you're born again, your purpose starts to become real to you. It begins to become evident to you. And as you're led by God, uh, and I love what Prophet Waller was teaching last night. Uh, our steps are ordered by the Lord, but if we walk in that order, we'll get there. Amen. You have to find out you have to cooperate with the ordered steps. And so once you understand that, the rest of it is not that difficult. As you walk with God, your your ministry and your life emerge. Many people think of prayer ministry as a foundation to something else. Prayer is the ministry. You know, it's not a springboard into something greater. You know, everything you do in God is great. There's no small thing in God. There's no big thing in God. Everything we do in God is great. You got me? You ask anybody that's been saved. Uh, if you got saved at a Billy Graham crusade, you're thankful to be saved. But if, if you got saved in a jail on your way to the electric chair, you're thankful to be saved. Do you understand? what? So there's no big salvation or little salvation. There's no important work of God or unimportant work of God. It's all very, very important. I remember uh, uh, listening to a, a tape many years ago after I... <clears throat> decided that I would go ahead and do prayer as a ministry in God. I, I prayed about it and I talked about it and I seemed always to be led to house meetings where they had prayer and they focused on intercessory prayer. And it always amazed me how quickly God would answer. You know, people would come in all broken and beat down one week and the next week they were all rejoicing. Well, God did that and he, you know, he came through for me and I said, I said, you know what, this is really amazing. I realized, too, that the prayer of agreement and the corporate prayer and praying in tongues were three elements that you had to have essential if you were going to make a mark as far as your prayer life was concerned and having success in prayer. And, of course, right living. I mean, that's kind of taken for granted, but, you know, we, we need to understand that. You just can't live any kind of way and have a successful life in God. You have to commit yourself to holy living. You know, that's just a given. But when after I understood the importance of praying corporately and finding people who could come into agreement and put their own personal needs aside and, and make sure that, that those are prayed for, but they were able to pray for uh, other needs beside their own, then I found that God not only answered your personal prayers, but he gave you a bonus for praying for the needs of others besides. And it's validated throughout the world, word. You know, the, the midwives uh, in, in uh, the book of, of uh, Exodus, when Moses was born, the Bible says, you know, midwives were, were usually barren women who were, uh, didn't have children of their own to raise. Many of them had been cast aside by the husband of their youth. Uh, he had, uh, or he had another wife. So they were like secondary women. And, and sometimes they had to return to their father's homes uh, to make their living. But as they challenged the powers that were, and that's what we do. We challenge the principalities and powers that try to dethrone God and make, make uh, uh, people the slaves of the God of this world. We challenge those powers, and then we're able to see the glory of God manifest and the, the presence and the power of God manifest. And that's all those midwives did. They got a, a, a sense from God that killing the Hebrew babies was wrong. 
and they allowed him to live and God even gave him a believable story you know the father of lies believes his own lies you can fool the devil with a made up story his people go down the drain all the time believing lies of their father so it's all believable to his kids but they told him they said I don't know what to do, Pharaoh. When we get there, they had these babies already before we, you know, what are we going to do? The baby's crying already. We can't kill that baby right now. It's not like they do it now. See, after that baby's born, the mother hears it cry. The milk starts to develop, all those things. You give that baby to that mother. You got me? Nowadays, you got mothers in cahoots with the abortionist. And hear the baby crying, go and murder the baby in the corner, just snip his spinal cord and kill it. See, that's what we're up against. That's why I pray. That's why we pray. You got me? That's why we do this. That's why we do this. Hell is horribly real, it's way too real way too real and so <clears throat> as the hebrew women would get there they say the babies are born already we can't do anything you understand me and so pharaoh would starts another order he wants to murder more babies and all this kind of stuff and it goes on and on and on but it says that when those hebrew women did this god gave them children that all those women started went from barren to being fruitful brought back into the husbands of their youth you got me? And it was all good because they got that reward for the sacrifice they made for laying down their lives for God. And that's the life of the intercessor. You got me? You laid down your life for God. Prayer is a ministry of sacrifice. It's a sacrificial ministry. You don't get to be seen. You don't get to have your name in lights. You don't get to be applauded by a whole lot of people but you do what you do between you and God for his glory so this is the one ministry you can do for his glory and so I remember hearing I was encouraged to pray and then I remember hearing a a a sermon by a woman who would have a lot of visions about the end time she had visions and dreams and she'd been caught up to heaven a couple of times and she says that she she remembered hearing worship in heaven and she said she saw a procession of saints from the ages coming into the throne room of heaven i guess there's a holy procession there when they have worship it's a regular thing and she said that when the the uh the end of the age came the church age ended they started to bring in all of the people and and you know give them their reward for serving God throughout the and she said at the beginning of the procession was the intercessors she said they led the procession of God in because they laid down their lives to make sure that the people that were known on earth the people of renown on earth were able to do what they did. And so God had, amen. God sees everything. This life is only a, a blink of an eye compared to eternity. I'd rather have much laid up for myself forever 
than to spend it all now. You understand what I'm saying? And so it's a good thing to live this life of serving God in, in prayer and intercession. Early in my walk, I was led to Women's Aglow Ministry where I served for three years. And God trained me how to have meetings like this in venues outside of a local church building, in venues where people would come in. You know, it used to be people were very denominationally strict. And if you belonged to this denomination, you didn't go to so-and-so's church. You couldn't be seen going into their building and so forth and so on. And so we just decided to have our meetings outside of a church building so that we could be able to manage our our finances. We have as much space only as we need uh, because we know our major ministry is prayer. And so as we continue to use this pattern, we're able to do meetings outside of our, our church walls so that we can invite more people in. People feel more comfortable when they can just come to a neutral kind of a site and, and get the word of God. And so we continue to do it that way. It's a challenge sometimes because you have to make sure that that atmosphere is right for worship. You have to make sure that people feel comfortable coming, et cetera, et cetera. And so we've tried to meet every challenge so that we can continue to bring what God wants us to bring to the body of Christ. So our outreach reaches grew. We eventually would would have our own buildings uh, so that we could house the ministry, mostly housing equipment so that we could have road meetings. Uh, Road meetings are very important to us because that frees us up to take the ministry wherever God wants us to go. And so you have to have a vision for what God wants you to do at the beginning. If you don't keep that vision uh, from the beginning and keep it right in your your mind, uh, what God wants you to do, eventually the enemy will be able to talk you out of your purpose in God and then you'll pick up what somebody else does. And so you don't ever want to be that person that wasn't faithful because you heard somebody say you should be doing or why don't you try this or why don't you do that. You have to keep that vision fresh in your mind. You have to fight to keep that vision. And many times you have to allow yourself to to be persecuted for what you believe. You allow yourself to, uh, uh, you know, be shunned because of your life of prayer and so forth and so on. But this is part of the Christian walk. You know, this isn't a, a popularity thing where everybody loves you because you look good on television and, and you photograph well. You have to be able to understand who you are in Christ, what you're called to do, and continue that work so that when, when, when you are called into account for what you did with your life here, you have an answer for God. You know, we're not, this isn't optional, what we do. This isn't, um, you know, you do it because it's fun. You know, I know we see a lot on television, but behind the scenes, there's got to be some work of prayer. If they're not praying, they're just entertainers. You understand what I'm saying is if there's no mandate from God to do what you're doing and it's easy to get on there and stay on there because every time you get on there, you can raise money. And so you can stay on television and not really be fulfilling the purpose that God brought you here to do. I was watching a a church the other day. They set up uh, Bishop Russell. I don't know if you've seen this gentleman, but he set up tents where people can come by for prayer uh, in the city of Detroit. I forget who that that uh, pastor is, but he's got some tents up where people his people wear T-shirts and it says prayer staff. And they say people that are just beginning that before it was a little trickle. How many of you know that 
you got to stay with it to see you don't want big you just want to serve God and so he was and now people just this word has spread and people come from all over to stay under that tent and get prayer and get encouragement and so this is what the gospel is it's not always doing what looks glamorous but it's doing what God has commissioned and called us to do you know you may not have the glamorous anointing but if you get out there and you reach a person for Christ and you save a soul, then you please God. And so that's what we want to do. We want to be pleasing to the Lord. So as we keep our watch and we keep our mandate to pray, or pray, we know what we are doing is pleasing to the Lord. We moved into our ministry into a local church where we were all members. And we stayed in that church, I think probably doing our prayer for about a year. And then we got kicked out. We looked up one day and the door was locked. And so we had to move on. We were invited by a a local pastor's wife to have our prayer meeting in her living room. Then we moved from her living room uh, uh, over to another uh, pastor, a really kind woman in Cleveland. That's where Pastor um, Waller met us, came to our meeting there. It was in East Cleveland, and so we stayed there for a season, and then we moved on to other buildings where we could have prayer meetings. All the time focused on the work, not where we were. We've met in some schoolhouses, outhouses, barnyards. <laughs> God then began to move us. We, we were always a prophetic ministry because um, I knew that I was called to the office of the prophet, and so that makes it prophetic ministry. The office that, that oversees your ministry determines what type of ministry it is. You can't call yourself prophetic because you just prophesy. You got me? That's not right. You see, you, you know, that, that, that in indication comes from an office. Everything in the body of Christ is office-related, folks. It can't just spring up on its own with no mandate, no oversight, no covering, no, no legitimacy from God. It comes out of the fivefold offices in no other place. That is the church, what's under the fivefold, amen. God doesn't do anything out of order. He's not doing anything new. You look at the book of Acts, the Bible says they were daily under the apostles' doctrine, men, and prayer. They went from house to house, but they were under the apostles' doctrine. You got me? And so these all ministry springs from the offices of apostle and prophet. And so we, we started out as prophetic ministry. God would have me in the early days uh, minister according to people according to their gifts and calling, getting them to understand what gifts and abilities they have, what callings they have, what strengths they would have. And so he began to assemble us uh, in the way that he saw fit, and we continued to do our prayer. In 1992 or three, I forget what it was, it blurs, uh, uh, my late husband got a job transfer to Detroit, and we became, became an apostolic ministry then. You got me? Apostles take, take uh, uh, established ministry and plant it in other places where God has stationed them to be planted. You don't borrow another man's work. 
you don't build off somebody else's foundation. You don't go and try and find somebody to bishop over you and call yourself an apostle, all that kind of stuff. It's true apostolic ministry because God put the ministry in my heart and gave me the vision, and I carry the ministry with me wherever I go. If he says stay implanted, then I stay implanted. If I don't, if he doesn't tell me to stay implanted, I don't do that. Many people are trying to be apostles now and they're they're wrecking God's work because they're trying to see I oversee all of the work that we do we don't have two ministries here we have one ministry you know in the early days I think people uh, when we started Detroit the enemy tried to get people to think well she likes them more than she likes you and you know all this kind of stuff and, and we're better and you're less but we took care of that didn't we then we take care of it and we've known all along we were one ministry you know whenever that nonsense would crop up we just kill it in Jesus name amen now we have consistent people coming from Toledo to all of the meetings and so we've always had meetings in these three locations just doing the work that we do letting people know we were here and allowing them to to be joined as God draws them in and so my ministry has always been to provide see I don't provide more for people in Detroit than is provided in Cleveland they have a pastor in Cleveland who is able to minister to all of their needs and we gather together on a monthly basis, having one big joint meeting, and I go down to Cleveland and teach once a month. And we've worked it out so that that's, amen, and that's wonderful. <clears throat> Pastor Shirley takes really good care of the people in Cleveland, amen. <laughs> Sometimes I tell her she spoils them, amen. I take... I take care of people in Detroit. Amen. <laughs> and so we, we do what we do, but we get needs met. That's what I'm here for, is to help people, teach people, raise them up, uh, elevate them so that they can stand in their own strength and do what God's called them to do. You know, I don't need to baby you and, you know, tell you God loves you every, every time I get up in the pulpit and have a nice little sweet prophecy for you. You know, you build on that foundation of relationship you already have with him. And then you're able to get up and work for him. You see, you're a strong person and you're able to get up and work for the Lord. And so that's our goal, to make sure that people have the equipment, the spiritual equipment to do the work of the ministry. As God began to expand us, we, of course, travel from city to city doing the meetings. He gave us buses. To travel in and we always had the slogan on there equipping the saints amen and you know many times people are intrigued by that because you don't see many equipping places you know we see churches but we don't sometimes understand the function of the church so we would always let people know that we are here to make sure that you're fully equipped to do every good work that's your entitlement you're entitled to the anointing you're entitled to the word you're entitled to revelation on the word you're entitled to be taught to pray you're entitled to be taught to stand on the word for the things that you need those are things that god has provided for you and it is the the uh the job of the minister to teach you these things you shouldn't have to be begging and struggling 
for 10 or 15 years as a Christian if you have a vision for doing more. You should be able to accomplish everything that God has put you into this earth to accomplish. And the people that he set over for you are the people who are called to train and impart that to you so that you can have the strength that God has called you to have. Amen. We, enti- we started to see answers, answers to prayer when we would pray on a regular basis. Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you, this prayer manual started out, it, I know some of y'all, Dina, you remember too, remember the yellow cards we used to pass around and pray? We had card stock, and I wrote them out handwritten on yellow cards, and we would pass, but we prayed the same prayers. And over over a period of, of not more than a month, the Lord gave me this whole manual. So we had like all 50-some-odd prayers. Over the years, I've added maybe two or three more. But it was a complete revelation by the time we were just a month into praying. And so we had a, a one lady there. Uh, she had a computer, and she liked doing computer work. And so that was our first person that got it computerized for us so that we had a record of it. And we've been going uh, ever since then. Oh, amen. Praise God. You'll see out there, um, we have a poster that shows all the different forms of the prayer manual. It started out, we would do a spiral bound prayer manual. We did that for years. I kind of like that one because you could fold it over. Amen. And, you know, on one side, we had a side for your notes where you would write all the people that you were praying for on one side or areas you prayed for and, and so forth and so on. So <clears throat> establishing apostolic prophetic ministry, it is a call of God. You can't jump up and call yourself something. I notice that sometimes people call themselves prophets and apostles and they change it later on. You know, God is not, doesn't give you an identity crisis. You're called this from the foundation of the earth. And so you need to learn to respond to the name God calls you. See, if you learn how to respond to that, you won't be confused about who you are and have to change it based on what some, a new prophecy or some what's, you know, you think is important and sounds impressive. Uh, we don't do those things. And so you, you have to stay stable before the Lord. He, he wants his people to, you know, we look flaky to some people sometimes. And this is one of the reasons why we don't even know who we are. And, and it's true. Many people in the body of Christ have a, 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 a fractured identity. You know, they, they want to be, they want, and then they hear God telling them something. And then, no, no, that's not, that's not who I am. I, that's not good enough. You know, I'm this and I'm that, always aiming higher as far as a title is concerned. But I'm telling you, when you get to heaven, all the titles will be cast at Jesus' feet. You understand me? You know, you'll know yours is nothing compared to his. And so uh, we, we need to get sober in our thinking about who we are once again. And so uh, our mission then was to go wherever God leads. He led us to these three cities, you know, and we've been consistent here. Uh, I don't need to go all over the world to prove anything to anybody. I can stay right where God called me to be and function where he called me to be and do what he told me to do and, and, uh, and, and be fine. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Uh, I don't need a million prophecies telling me what God's going to do and make me great and all that kind of stuff. He's the great one. I feel great enough in him. Just serving him is, gives me a sense of greatness. You know, considering where I came from, uh, with a broken uh, 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 emotional life and so forth and so on, I'm great. I was great when I got saved. And, and so it's just gotten better uh, since then. So 
we we've got as far as having our own meetings we continue with the meetings but really the prayer has been the most important thing uh, that we've done the conferences are important as well our, our first conferences god gave me uh he told me he said i want you to showcase the prophet's office to the world and so what we did was we would find people who had any kind of prophetic gift and invite them to the conferences we we probably some of one of the the first people to have minus in in meetings in churches you know you didn't let people put on paint on their face and get up and say they were doing anything for god we've had artists to come in and paint inspired paintings you know in the lord and in that kind that was early in the ministry uh, we've always had dance we eventually had our own dance ministry uh, believe it or not i taught the girls all the dances and so we're able hey man hey man see this is this is this is true prophetic ministry you just find what god wants you to do and you find somebody who can do it if that person doesn't show up, then you must be the one. You know, what you're looking around for, look in the mirror, that person is you. And so, and to be honest with you, I'd always wanted to dance as a child, but um, I had those knees that wobbled, that slip out of joint real quick, and you don't know when they're going to give out on you. So I was never able to do it publicly, but God allowed me to to use that gift and inspire younger ones and in, in to do the dances. Amen. So we allowed our girls to be able to understand that there's dignity in serving God through dance. And they've all grown up to be very, very, amen, amen. It's very important. You give them real ministry, not a box of crayons until they're 15. You, you understand what I'm saying? You let them sit under the word and understand some things so that they can get out and blossom in God. And they've all turned out to be very, very, um, uh, I would say, I, I call them dignified because they're not out there looking for an identity through some relationship with some bum that don't know who he is. You know, and you let him tell you who you are. So they all, they've all graduated high school or college. Uh, they're all in professions and in, in working on professions. Amen. And that's part of it. You know, that in, increases your self-esteem in God, you know, when you can get out and do these things and know that God uses you and he loves you. And so these are just parts of the things that he gave us to do in showcasing the prophet's office. Uh, we've always had uh, um, a, um, I would say, a structure to our, our meetings, our conferences especially. We've always had a, um, a sense of uh, sincerity about prophecy and the things, the gifts of the Spirit, uh, the healing schools, we have done those. Uh, we've done them in sincerity. And what I mean is that we uh, expect God to come in and show up and do the work and bring the results. We're not trying to uh, activate a bunch of people that, that you don't even know if they're saved. You know, uh, I will never allow people to just come in, lay hands on you, and give you a word. And uh, I don't know who those people are, and you don't either. And, and we need to have some credibility. You need to have credentials in God before uh, you can even assume to lay hands on somebody. You, you understand what I'm saying? That's not right. It's not proper. 
It really isn't. Now, you can do that sometimes in small groups, like if if we have a small school of ministry meeting, a believer's meeting, uh, where you can get a mandate from God and you get a peace in God that this is the right thing to do. Uh, But I don't let people just walk up to you and give you words. You know, it's not right. It's not right. We've got preachers. I hire preachers to come here and do that. And if they can't do the job, why would God send you somewhere and have you spend all that money to have somebody corner you in the back there and ask you a bunch of questions and then want to come in and prophesy to you? That's that's wrong. That's wrong. It's, It's not right at all. It needs to be corrected. You know, it needs to be corrected. Because I know a lot of people feel that they they are called to activate people. But I can't activate what you don't have. And I can't activate what you don't feed. I don't know if you study your word. I don't know if you have. When God called me as a prophet, it was because I had spent five years alone with him in the word every day. And eventually that gift emerged. So I was so full of the word, it began to pour out of me anyway. So I don't, And it was rightly divided. It wasn't goofy word, you know. So, so let's be sober here, folks. And sometimes that's why we get the reputation of being that ministry. We're the, we're the ministry. Uh, our name is Ministry of the Watchmen. They don't let you do. You fill in the blank. Huh? And we don't. I have too much respect for you. You know, I've seen errant prophecies turn people totally around because they're so hungry for some kind of validation. See, in this business, you have to be careful that people don't, that fortune-telling thing doesn't start to follow you, where people are just looking hungry for some kind of validation. Like, you know, before I was saved, I used to get my horoscope every day because I needed something, something good said about me. Well, then I got my Bible after I got saved and something good was said about me all the time. You understand what I'm saying? It's just a false Bible that people are involved in. And so, yeah, we're the ones that won't let you do this and won't let you do that. Yeah, because if you're, God's not telling me you're ready, you won't do it. Why? You know, he's always got somebody qualified to do the job. We don't call people falsely and tell everybody they're this office and they're that office. You know, you know who you are. You read your Bible. There was there was never a time I didn't know whatever I do in this ministry. I found it in the word first and God spoke it to my heart. It was like, oh, this is something you need to do because this is part of your office responsibility to do this. So you need to get your identity from God and not from your minister buddies you hang around with. Or worse yet, channel surfing on television to see what preachers are doing what. You can't live like that. can't live like that. You can't take whatever you think is popular and make it a call of God. It won't last. But I'll tell you, if you do what God called you to do, you will last. And you'll accomplish what God told you to do. Amen. <clears throat> and I want to last. I want to endure to the end. I'd always read the epistles when I was a younger Christian. And even now still, you know, when I read the word and I look at this is a race of endurance. And after being saved for over 30 years, I see I've seen so many dropouts. Huh? And the dropouts have one thing in common. 
they have a flesh that they never get under control. Amen. Runaway flesh, runaway appetites, runaway ambition, runaway insecurity. You know, it's something that's gotten a hold of them and, and overtakes what they're doing, spiritually speaking. The things of God get to be not good enough for us anymore, and we're looking for something else. And so when that starts, you know you need to get on your face before God again and repent. Say, you know what, Lord, you straighten me out because this this what's going through my head. This ain't right right here. And get me straightened out. And so we've always allowed allowed the true gifts of God to come in and be used in, and be recognized by the body of Christ. You need to know those who labor among you that are legitimate. And so that's what I've endeavored to do. Not the popular not the flashy, not the whatever, but the legitimate gifts of God. Some of them are popular and flashy, but they are legitimate. Amen? And so that's what we've endeavored to do. So we showcase the prophet's office. We also showcase the gifts of God. Sometimes God would have us uh, have evangelists come in so that we understand their ministry. We get a flavor of their ministry. But pretty much our base has been the prophet's office and what comes out of the prophet's ministry. We've been able to produce music for years, which I never thought we would do. Amen. We write songs. We've written songs. We've raised up uh, uh, Christian rappers that have allowed them to do their ministry. Uh, We had the young children had a group, the UC Prophets. They did uh, their, their ministry. Amen. So we've always had an outlet for people who were properly trained. If you don't have proper training, don't look to advance in God. Not here, not anywhere. You understand? It's not right. It's not right. You have to be called and developed before you can be able. When Jesus told Peter, he said, when you're converted, strengthen your brother. We got a lot of people out here who just tryouts. They're not really converted yet. They're not all the way sold out to God so that he can develop something in them. So we're trying to get something here of value for you because we value you. And you need to value you. And so when we have things of value come through, you receive the things of value. We're also a training ground for the believer's ministry. Amen. There's, there isn't one person in our ministry from the youngest ones to the oldest ones who can't pray for a sick person. And God heal them. You understand me? They, they function in the believer's ministry. And you notice none of them are running up to you wanting to lay hands on you. Listen, when God puts something of value in you, you don't cheapen it by trying to give it away to everybody. Well, you can take that like you want to. Amen. Somebody got it finally. (laughs) I'm going to do a low ball. You got it? (laughs) Amen. So uh, in our, our last mandate that I could think of was publishing the word. And so we've always done that. We've always had an outlet, even if we had to go to local publishers. Uh, as Shannon B. Shannon Crowley, you all know her. Why don't you stand up and give them away, Claretta Tiara. 
a.k.a. Cloretta Tayara. <laughs> that was our little joke. Shannon lived with me for about 10 years as she was learning. She's, she's self-taught in everything that she does, all her publishing. and Amen. And she has her own publishing business now. So if 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 uh, y'all deal with her direct, you don't have to go through me. I don't need to get involved. But it's a good thing that she has uh, has her own way uh, and freedom. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to control anybody here. She has the freedom uh, to do her own work that God's called her to do. Uh, but as she got more proficient, we began to do our own publishing. Uh, and and so sometimes she would be working so hard, and she still does, and she manages to get everything right up to the day of conference. She's working, getting everything, all of the printed things you see, that's her. She does all of those things, and she creates all of our – she – She's the image creator for, uh, and she does that in her own personal business, and she does an excellent job uh, for people. But uh, when we get close to the conference, she'd be up there in her little office just busy typing away and running. And I told her, I said, girl, you're working like my peoples used to work. I said, you're working like a little slave. So, so we gave her a little Cloretta Tayara. That's her little hard worker, hard worker name. So, But anyway, it's stuck all these years. But uh, anyhow, she's been uh, excellent at making sure our image was right, you know, that people need it. It reflects who we are. We're children of God. And, amen. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, so anyway, the Lord told me to find people, and he would bring people to me, that he had given something to say. He gave them something to say. And he said, there are a lot of Christians out here publishing books, he said, but I didn't tell them all to say what they're saying. And so he said, I'll find people who I think have something to say, and I'll be able to send those people to you. And so we found people like that through the uh, Meet the Authors workshop. Uh, many of you have met those people. Uh, one of our connections for that was uh, Minister Mary Edwards, who has a called and ready writers workshop. Amen. She has her own business. She's a writing coach, and she edits as well, and she does an excellent job. She edited our Minister Grud book, our children's book. And so, yeah, amen. She's done an, an excellent job for us in that, and we continue to, to cooperate with her. Whenever she finds somebody that has something valuable, uh, we tend to try and, and inspect those people and see if they have something for our meetings as well. So um, those are the things that we've done so far. In your prayer manual, you'll notice in the front now we have a history of the answered prayers for, uh, for what we're doing. Uh, starting on page 13, we have our significant answers to prayer. And so one of the things that I'm, I'm happy about is that this isn't just a book of try this because we think it's going to work for you. After 25 years, now it's a book that we can validate that this is worthwhile to spend your time with because we have now uh, some, some logged answers uh, to our prayers. When, when uh, God gave us a mandate, and he's given us to all believers to occupy until he comes. We are to fill, uh, as Prophet Waller was speaking last night, filling that void. Yeah. 
Amen. Having dominion, filling that emptiness that's in the world. There's an emptiness for the love of God, for the wisdom of God, for the power of the Holy Spirit. And so believers are called to occupy those empty spaces. And so as we occupy, we have to uh, evict some tenants. (laughs) And that's consistent with the word. When, Jesus, when the Lord gave, when God gave uh, the children of Israel the promised land, he says, there's people already living there. You're going to have to fight them and get them off of that. He said, but I will be with you. No enemy will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Amen. Well, God knew they weren't going to do it because it's keep fighting flesh and blood's kind of bloody mess. So he's given us as believers the mandate to fight principalities and powers. Amen. And so our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty. The nation of Israel had weak weapons because they were carnal weapons. God was with them. And many times God would would, uh, kill all the enemy off before they even raised a finger. You understand they always had that supernatural thing. But God knew that they would try to compromise with the enemy. So instead of us compromising, we can win them over to Christ with the gospel. Amen. We can let them live, let the people live, win them over to Christ. But we still have to confront the enemy that keeps them in bondage. And so that's why we've called this manual prayers that avail much more, making known the principalities and powers, the manifold wisdom of God. So our prayers avail much more because we can change atmospheres, We can change cities. We can change nations with the power of God. And so we have evidence of that, that that's been accomplished through this prayer manual. And so that's what we wanted to share here. So we talked about the first example we had was was how God gave us the mandate to change Devil's Night here in Detroit to Angel's Night. And so we have chronicled the history of Devil's Night up until the time we started the ministry here. And we began to pray. And so I, was, I picked up a newspaper and, and I was appalled and, I, and it said Devil's Night. And, and the question came to me is who gave him a night? And so we decided to take it back. Amen. And so we began to declare in our prayers that it will be called Angels Night from this day forward. And so it was. And so when you begin to declare things in the realm of the spirit, what happens is you hit the voice that is is speaking against the will of God. You hit his head. You hit his voice. He ceases talking. And then his minions have no instructions. To follow. And that's why God sets people in offices. If you're in the office of an apostle and a prophet, you have the highest authority to work for God. And so you can speak to these entities uh, and you can command them to bow in Jesus' name. Amen. And so they will come down at your word and they must open that city up. You got me? They've got to let go of it. And so when you start to function that way, you begin to see great things happen in God because you're just using the equipment that he gave you. You got me? You use the equipment that he gave you. You're always going to get some backlash and flack back and all that kind of stuff. You know, I have people that would come to my meetings and say stuff like, well, who's your covering? 
well, my pastor told us we shouldn't come to your meetings and we're praying that your meetings will stop because you're not covered. Yeah, I had somebody tell me that. See, God will show you. Listen, folks, this is real. You understand what I'm saying? This is not some fairy tale. This is real. This is how the enemy works. He works. Sometimes your greatest, your greatest challenge will be through religious church people, controlling church people, crazy church people. It's, it's just the way it is. And so you have to insulate yourself from the attacks of the enemy and just keep going forward in God. Just keep straight as an arrow, you know, like Jesus did. Set your little face like a flint. Even though your nose is pointy like an arrow, but you got to keep going forward and do what God's told you to do. Because the rewards are great. In here it tells the, the effects. Amen. It, we talk about Angel's Night, the history of it, how much vandalism they had up until the 90s. And in 94, see we started here in 93. And in 94, that was the first year that the mayor of Detroit... And this is where you see your spiritual authority and the level you operate on. As an apostle, you're, you're a foundation-laying ministry. And so you're called to confront whoever's in charge in a city. You got me? I've traveled uh, and, and gone through airports, and demons start talking to me to leave. Get out. Go back. You understand? When we, we went to Minneapolis and we stayed, we're just going for a conference, you know, having a nice time. Uh, I think Pastor Shirley Nola and we had Josie with us at the time. But uh, we all went. We're just going to have a nice time and hear the word and go to a, a, a work conference and all that kind of stuff. And when we got into a restaurant, we asked for a menu and the lady just threw it at us and ran back in the kitchen. And so, I think this all happens. See, these manifestations will show you who you are and what you carry. It's a threat to the strong man, and they'll meet you when you first get there. And so we labored there, and we prayed there, and (laughs) we'll see some some interesting things. But, you know, we accomplished what we got our, you know, uh, received what we needed from that meeting and that conference. And when we left... Uh, a devil hissed at us in the airport. You could hear his loud hissing noise in your ears. Then <laughs> I said, I'll be back. <laughs> you know, you don't let him have the last word, you know. So, I'll be back. <laughs> anyway, we, we barely got out of there. The plane malfunctioned and all kinds of stuff. But, you know, you hold on to the word of the Lord. We just got our divine protection prayer, too. So we was up on that. We up on that. Got that. You know, cookbooking all the time. But, hey, where's the, in there, you know what I'm saying. But those are manifestations where you know, you know you're in the right place because you obeyed God, but those are negative confirmations, I'll put it. They're manifestations. They don't really confirm anything. But they're manifestations to the power of God and the assignment of God that he's given you. So after angels, we, we, we saw the mayor of Detroit, who was Dennis Archer at that time. He declared that there would be no more Devil's Night. He said they would change the name to Angel's Night. And so you can see over the years, 
the property destruction has been much less. You know, you can read the details in your, your own time, and Bishop Russell knows that because he lived here all the time, but he's seen many, many changes in this city for good. The, amen. The other, this one's a long one. The next one is Jack Kravorkian. And I'll tell you why that one was important. That was assignment God really moved me here to do that because it's important sometimes that you go confront that devil where he resides. And so when we began to pray, we had prayed when I was in Cleveland, and it just he just kept dropping these dead people off and leaving them in a van outside an emergency room at a hospital and all this kind of nonsense. And and so, uh, you know, I kind of, it was a long time praying against this thing. And But what God showed me was this. He showed me a, in a dream one night, uh, there was a train that was going through Ohio to Michigan. And so there was a stream and a flow that allowed this spirit to freely pass back and forth. This train, though, carried people who had some kind of infectious disease. And it was a contamination train, but it was headed to Michigan so that they could be put to death legally. And the Lord told me, he said, the day will come when people, the the decision for how you live your life if you are sick will be taken away from you. Now that was in 90, what was that, 94, 2008, what we had Obamacare. So that's step one. Listen, any time the Internal Revenue runs something, you all in trouble. You understand what I'm saying? You, you big in trouble. Because they control your purse, now they control your health, they control your life. They can tell you how many kids to have, when to have them, and whether they're going to take care of them or not. Because now Uncle Sam is your daddy. You got me? They can tell you how long you can live, whether you can get an organ transplant or an operation. And if they decide you can't have it, you don't get it. And so he showed me this train going for people to be disposed. He said, and Michigan will be the state where people go to die if you don't do this. Uh And I would pray sometimes. That was when I was praying. I said, well, why don't you kill this man, God? Just get rid of him. He's old. You know, he's been working at dead bodies all his life. He's never had anything to do with life. And he said, you better do what I tell you to do. And that's what I did. And so he just died maybe a couple years ago, went to prison for 10 years and all that. But the Lord told me, he said, he works. He's giving the spirit of murder legal authority in these areas. He said, and you don't want it to get legal authority. And he said, even if you were to kill him, he said, there's enough influence of that seed so that it continues to spread. He said, I want him made publicly shamed and humiliated. I want people to know uh, what a crazy person he is. He said, I want him exposed first, and then I'll deal with him. And so that's what did. took a long time. God gave me favor with the prosecutor in Oakland County. I went, uh, my late husband and I, he had a habit of, he was a HR director, and he people would give him stuff all the time, you know, all kinds of perks. And he got these tickets for a gourmet dinner, and we always like free food. <laughs> I always like the free food. 
And so, but at this dinner, it was a fundraiser. At this dinner, uh, there was a lot of political people sitting around. There was, uh, where's Marsha? Is she this morning? She's not here. Uh, what that guy was, Marlinga. He was a prosecutor in o- Oakland County at the time. He sat right next to me at the table, and I was getting ready to cut a steak, and he said, oh, oh Jack Kerborkian's a genius. And my knife went, He said, he's way ahead of his time. And he started to prophesy, and I said, wait a minute, now, who made you the prophet around here? People are years from now, people are going to look to him as the one, you know, going on and on about how ahead of his time he is and all this. And I thought, this man's the prosecutor where this guy lives. I said, he's breaking the law. Carl Marlinga went to prison not too long ago. He got me on some charges. You understand what I'm saying? When you oppose God, there's no help for you. He just is now getting his life back after 10 years of totally going downhill uh, for many, many years. And so you have to be careful what you allow yourself to speak and to say, especially when you're a public or you have influence over people. Because when God wants to silence your voice, he will totally discredit you so your voice has no impact anymore. Got me? So that's what he did with Jack Kerborkian. He was finally found. And Marlinga left office. They got another prosecutor. And this man, I could call and talk to his secretary and tell her, we're praying for you. What are you, what are you doing now? She said, well, it looks like we'll. And she talked freely to me. You know, It looks like we'll be able to get him on, on these murder charges. She said, did you see he just went on television and killed this guy on public television? She says, and we have enough evidence now that we can. And that's what nailed him. They got him for murder. Amen. And sent him away. What happened as a result of that was there were many pro-life and pro-disabled people, organizations that came out and rallied against assisted suicide. And that God showed me, and I saw all these children in wheelchairs and their parents. You know, we don't want our children to be put to death. We want our children. There is value in life. There's value in all life. And they began to come forward as a voice that opposed this. But before prayer, they were afraid to come out and speak. You understand what I'm saying? So they got their voice and they got their strength to be heard. And so God showed me, he said, He said, I have a heart for these children. He said, I'm not going to send them to the slaughter. He said, and you better stick with this until you get this done, you know. And so it's it's easy sometimes for us to say, we'll read the paper and say, oh, yeah, he finally went to jail. But you got to know the labor that goes into these things so that you can understand what you're undertaking uh, and, and, and stay with it. It's easier when you're under somebody who believes in it and you have other people of like precious faith who can pray with you and, and assist you and help you in these things. It's a difficult road if you've got to do everything by yourself. There are some people who do. There are some very, very committed intercessors uh, that have very little help, but it's a lot easier if you have a corporate prayer life with people who, who believe and think the way you do in the Lord. Our last one was the uh, prayer that changed the city. Oh, no, it was the, uh, oh, my goodness. Oh, we got to, I got to hurry on here. The, uh, yeah, the 9-11 prayers. Yep, 9-11 prayers. 
I know everybody prayed against the terrorists. And uh, so, but God told us to get, remember those decks of cards that they sold with all the, all the faces of them. So we had everybody with a deck of cards. We were, uh, I think what I got the ace of spades. So yes, Saddam Hussein. And so we had all had our, our cards that we had that we were taken down. And I think on last count, most of them are dead. Some of them are MIA, but there's like maybe three or four that are unaccounted for on that list. The blessing was that somebody went and interviewed President Bush. And he had the same thing in his drawer at his desk. So we were in agreement with the highest, with the commander in chief of our armed forces, you see. So he kept his little deck of cards in his drawer where he, he checked them off as they were gone too. So that, that was a really a blessing and a confirmation. And we still pray against terrorism, folks. You don't stop. Don't ever stop. Don't ever stop. Ever stop. Uh, the other one, the last one, was our uh, Rejoice in the City, and that was a more, a more recent uh, confirmation. Uh, years ago, Pastor Shirley started collecting the milk cart. Remember the kids, missing kids on milk cartons? They began to cut them out. we got posters now with some milk carton kids on them, but uh, we began to, to pray for those uh, because she felt that God wanted us to do more as far as reuniting missing children and families and so forth. And uh, in, in uh, what, what year was it when those girls were found? Last year, 2013, there were three girls found in a house in Cleveland. They had been held for 10 years by a man who had abducted them and were, were just tortured for all that time, but God kept them alive. Um, that girl, uh, J.C. Dugard, was found after almost 20 years. Of being, and I believe there are more that will be found. Amen. So continue to pray, folks. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. So those are some of the things that God's had us to do. And we're, they're all in this book. So they give you validation. And the prayers are in there, the ones that we pray. And so we encourage people to join in those prayers because we'll be in agreement with one another. Um, the vision for the future, the Lord's given us to continue our prayer watch. Call forth more watchmen. You need to invite more people, especially uh, sometimes your best intercessors are the ones who are in the most trouble in their lives. Sometimes they have such a deep need, they have a heart to pray for themselves, and it's easy to encourage them to pray for other people. Uh, the use of the media and the Internet is going to be even more important. Challenging political powers is going to be one of our main thrusts. Uh, the, what what's really was called the fourth estate uh, was the media. Now there's a fifth estate, which is the uh, Internet media, blogs, <clears throat> all of those social media uh, that's, that's forming a different political power. I believe that sometime in the future, instead of fighting each other like they do now, they're going to come, start to uh, cooperate with each other. Uh, because that's the way devils do, and they'll get more power, and they're going to try and stop Christians, fight God's message, fight the gospel, uh, pervert the gospel, twist the gospel, uh, get people on there with a watered-down social gospel, you know, that, that won't make an impact in changing people's lives, which they're doing to a large degree now. Uh, sponsors threaten ministers with their messages, uh, show hosts confront them, uh, you know, what do you believe, is this wrong, is that wrong, and so forth and so on, picking them apart, and, and they submit to that. 
And so we're, we're going to have a battle to keep the gospel pure. The church will be called to make greater inroads into mass media uh, by social networks, blogs, apps, YouTube. Uh, we will look like the church, though. You know, we'll have one message. We'll have a confirmed word. God will confirm our words with signs following. Amen. We'll be a church of power and strength and, and withstand evil. That'll be our main mission is to stand against the works of darkness. Um, seeds for this this movement, uh, Miriam Abraham is a seed because uh, she was uh, given a death sentence for her faith in Christ. That's going to increase in the world, folks. It's not going to go away. So she's uh, uh, somebody that God's made prominent so we can see what we've got to do. You got me? It's not like, oh, that problem's over. They let her go. Oh, no. It's just starting. You got me? That's the first first branch of that. Some people will die for Christ. That's always been true. Uh, rather than cave in, pre- preachers will be jailed. And, and not for stealing money, but they will be jailed for their stand in Christ. Um, <clears throat> dispersed Christians will preach a more powerful gospel. Uh, we'll see the book of Acts in a greater measure, and it'll be more widespread. So as they persecute some and they scatter then those people will come with an intense message, a sold-out message, and that's how the gospel increases. That's one of the ways God increases the gospel. So that's where we are now, folks, and and, uh, I thank you for for your time and and for your prayers because uh, all of you pray, and all of you prayed with us at one time or still continue to pray with us. Uh, But I wanted Shannon to come up, Shannon Crowley, to come up and share with us how we're going to be impacting um, uh, the cyber world uh, in a greater fashion through our mobile app and she's going to if some of you have your phones with you I know y'all bring them all the time quit texting and, <laughs> no. but, uh, and I did want to say also I'll sign all your books out there we will cut our cake and have our little celebration we'll do that probably for the next uh, 30 minutes after she's done but if you have your iPhone she'll show you how to install your app and how to use it and so we'll have her do that for about the next 10 minutes if you'll indulge us and we'll show you how that goes amen praise God Amen. Amen. All right. I'm very excited. Um, How many of you are familiar with our current website the way it is now? So so you don't just know the web address, you know what's on there. <laughs> we have so much on our website that we've had, and, and because we are watchmen, we do keep records and, and history, which, as you can see, is so valuable and so important, and it also helps people to get caught up quickly. People who come in new, they can kind of read our history and where we've come from and the consistent answers to prayer, the consistent prayers that we've prayed, um, testimonies, uh, praise reports, teachings. Um, so that's what we've been able to offer through the website and the mobile app is much more. <laughs> so we're going to be able to do much more. It's going to have everything from the old site plus. 
So and so it's going to be really good and it's going to be very convenient and easy for you to use and to share with with others, whoever, friends, enemies, whoever, just share it, you know, um, because we want to we want to spread the word. This is not just an advertisement about the ministry. This is not we're not marketing ourselves. It's it's an extension of of increasing the kingdom and and fulfilling our part in the commission. So um <clears throat> These cards that are out here kind of gives you a little bit of an overview. Um, and let me tell you uh, what's all on there. Um, you're going to still have the about us. It'll have a history of the ministry. It'll have what we believe. Um, it'll have um, Pastor Barb's testimony, uh, uh, Pastor Shirley's bio. It'll have uh, the archive of the Lord's Lighthouse newsletters. Uh, the Miracle Messenger newsletters will be on there. How to know God. There'll, so be, there'll be a track on there that you can share with people. Um, how to receive the Holy Spirit, the teaching from Pastor Shirley. Uh, how to receive physical healing there'll be a whole section of just healing teachings healing podcasts request a free healing package it'll be able to be accessed with one button on the app um, we also um, we have so much going on we are a traveling ministry we move all the time we always have um, events going on so we have an events calendar that's on the website with the mobile app you can be notified they call them push notifications um, which means you know on your Facebook it comes with a little red number how many little messages and notifications you have it'll be the same thing on the on the ministry app you'll get a notification to remind you conference starts in two days <laughs> so it's like have you sown your seed have you put your money down for the conference bring a friend share it with a friend those kind of things will let you know rejoice Detroit is happening we'll let you know all these different things that are going on um, we'll keep you up to date that way when we're streaming live you'll get a notification notification if you're outside of the state and we're about to go live you'll get a notification that says tune in <laughs> you know don't miss it um, so that's that's really good we'll have um, we have an archive of all of our prophecies um, since 97 <laughs> 95 I think it goes back to the written prophecies as far as 95 that'll still be all accessible and now we're going to include um, a prophecies podcast that's just a separate pos podcast just for prophecy so we kind of have it already set up I've been adding to it but it's going to be one place where you go to prophecies you can read the prophecies and you can also listen to them on there as well so when Pastor Barb gets a prophecy in a Detroit meeting you in Cleveland will get a notification you can listen to it right away um, amen so we're all staying together that way um, our older uh, teachings, um, like the daily devotionals, the daily teachings, that, those will still be on there. You'll get a notification that way. Um, uh, Tanya's been doing the, the prosperity text. We'll be able to um, make her life a little easier <laughs> and um, send it through the mobile app as well. Um, and so she won't have to enter it anymore any every morning by herself all at you know you can just do it all at once with one blow every morning you can sign up to receive the prophecy uh, the the prosperity uh scriptures you can sign up to receive healing scriptures so that you can daily you know your three six and twelve you know take your medicine every day we can send you a healing scripture you know um and just continue to minister to you that way um let me see there's teachings on 
live free from guilt, what is the ministry of the watchman, how to receive prophecy, um, what is the school of the prophets. I mean, there's so much rich teaching that is available, and it's really things that people are looking for. They don't want fluff. <laughs> you know, they don't want to just say what the buzzwords are. They want to know the meat of what, how to really uh, cooperate with what the Lord is doing and how to really eat and receive from those things. So this will all be a valuable tool for you to be able to help and inform people and also to feed yourself. Um, but we do want to encourage you to share it with people. Um, so we do have we have the answers to spiritual questions. Like I said, um, you'll be able to contact us. Um, which you, you all know how to contact us, but new people, um, people who are new to the ministry will be able to contact us. You'll be able to share uh, prayer requests. Um, both um, There's a record button where you'll be able to actually speak your prayer requests right there. Um, also, you can share your testimony that way. If you don't want to record it, you want to type it out, you'll have that option to do that as well. And then those testimonies will be able to share with everybody in the community as well. So it will encourage us. Others. So, um, and this other thing with the push notifications, with the with the prayer requests, um, because we have the prayer focus on on our website. It's called Prayer Focus, and we have different things. Um, we have the trick or treat prayers on there. We have the 9/11 prayer memorial um, on there, so you can get the you know the the list of which prayers we're praying that cooperate with the prayer memorial. Um, we'll be able to give you also. Uh, like prayer alerts, you know, if there's something going on in the city of Detroit or something like that that we need to notify people, so a kidnapping or something like that, we can notify people right away to pray. Um, we'll be ha- have that capability of being able to do that. Um, let me see. GPS reminders. So when we put an event, when we have the events going on, we can set it up in such a way where um, you have the app and, you know, you forgot about the conference, but you're within a 15-mile radius and you're driving through. We'll say, hey, we're right over here. Just turn left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll be able to let you know you're right in the area. And so, uh, so people will be able to get connected more quickly, more efficiently. Um, We'll, you'll be able to shop online. Um, um, we're, we're working on our MP3 um, archive. You'll be able to purchase MP3 albums as well as um, we're going to be able to bundle um, like video um, uh, video downloadable videos and that kind of thing. Um, you'll be able to right now they have a give and a tithe and offering button. Um, what I like to do personally, I've been doing this since we've been on PayPal. As soon as I get my paycheck, I go on PayPal and I pay my tithe because it's first fruits. <laughs> you know, it's right off the top. And so that's, that's just something me personally that I like to do. So it makes it more convenient for you to do, you know, to take care of that right away. Pay your money on your conference because there's a little notation there where you can say what, what you're paying the money for. Um, right now it just says tithe an offering but um, but we're going to modify it so that you can make it for payments you can do it for payments for the book table you're out at the book table Chuck says you know your total is $54 or whatever and you can go on the app 54 and you can pay with your credit card or PayPal right there 
It's done. So it's going to make everything a lot more convenient. You'll get an email receipt for everything that you do that way. Um, let me see what else. We got our videos. We got our sermons. We got, we're going to have Pastor Barb's sermons, Pastor Shirley's sermons, all that fun stuff. So now on this card that we have here, um, it kind of gives you a little bit more information. If you'll take your phone and you text that number, the 844-40-WATCH. So that's 844-409-2824. That's it. If you text your email address to that number, um, you'll immediately get a link to download the app. Right now it is available on your Android, on your Google Play um, device, yay, and, um, <laughs> and on, the, on the Apple it will be available in about two weeks. Right now we're still in development on that, and we've been working. The Cobalt Mobile, who has been helping us with this and, and been so, so helpful, um, they are working very hard to get it um, past uh, Apple's requirements. Apple wants it to be very, like, an active thing, and we have so much information. They're concerned that, you know, it's not going to accept it, but he's working with it to make it go through, and it will. So um, so that's it'll be available at an Apple store very soon, but right now it's available on your Android device if you text that. You'll also, when the link comes back to you, you'll have a discount code, so when you make a purchase on the uh, app, you'll be able to apply that discount. Um, and then also the books that y'all got today, you can pay for them on your app. <laughs> so that's that. Um, I think that's about it. Did I forget anything? Does that sound like everything? Okay. And the also, for those of us like, okay, I, I don't have an Android. I don't have an iPhone. I have a Blackberry. <laughs> What's that? Right. So for, for people who don't have those devices or they're on a tablet that's not compatible with the app, they'll be able to access the mobile site, which works very close to, to the app, so nobody's going to be left out. You'll still be able to get all these things and, and to make it very accessible. It connects to all the social media, so you can connect to our Facebook account. You can share it on your Facebook, your Twitter, your Inlinked, MySpace, whatever you do. So uh, what's MySpace? <laughs> so um, let me see. Um, I think that's everything. I went through it rather quickly. Does anybody have any questions that I can answer? Yes. The QR code, if you, have a, um, if you have a smartphone that has a scanner, you just point that, um, you open that up, it opens up in your camera, and you just click on that, and it will read it and take you directly to the Google Play um, uh, store so that you can download that. So that's what that's for. Anything else? I think we got it. So, everybody, Yes. At Apple, we're going to wait two weeks. If you if you send us an email, we'll send you a direct um, notification when the Apple is available. So if you email us at office at ministryofthewatchman.com or go to our Facebook page and say that you want to be on the list, then we'll send you a direct notification uh, when the Apple is available. And we'll make a big splash about it. So, <laughs> so yes. Anything else? I think that's it. Thank you very much. Praise God. We have a prayer request. Um, a woman of God that I know uh, has been uh, 
having a few challenges. She's had some health challenges and got behind in her bills, and she needs a miracle. They're coming to repo something of hers, and God knew this was coming, and he's made provision for her. Amen. So, Lord, we thank you for this woman of God who has humbled herself and asked to come to the throne of grace. You said to come to Daddy first when we have a need, and we're coming to you. We're asking you, Father, to uh, bless her, restore her health, restore her finances. Father, I thank you. Give her that money that she needs to pay all of her bills. Father, don't let them repossess anything that a child of God owns. I thank you, Lord, for the seeds that she is sowing. Uh, She has a book that's uh, being released from the publishers, and we know that you've already made provision for her finances, but she is in need now. So we thank you, Father, to meet this need according to your glorious riches through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we are released. Amen. This evening, Kelly Cruz at 730. I'll be out at the book and tape table. Uh, Who's got the plates and the knife to cut the cake? Okay, little Shannon, cut the cake. (laughs) <laughs> they say cut the cake so will everybody get a piece of cake though it's beautiful look at it take some pictures first and then cut it and i'll be out there in a minute be out in a minute so bring your books and i'll sign them paid for or not or whatever i know y'all y'all just really 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 <laughs>